everybody and welcome to the Tuesday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host Wayne Clevenger and today we are in the second letter to Timothy from Paul. It's 2 Timothy 1 through 4 and Paul wants to encourage Timothy for his ability to speak the truth. You know remember Timothy is the pastor assigned to the church in Ephesus And with that comes lots of persecution because people have taken the truth and twisted it to make it work for them. (laughs) Sound familiar? And complacency has come about. There's been ridicule. And, you know, that's Paul's in prison for preaching the gospel. And, you know, the one thing we have to do is always remember that we have the absolute truth in the word of God and we don't have to defend the truth so much. There is a thing called apologetics where we have to explain it and he's going to cover that a little bit but what he is saying is you have to stand firm in the truth. Don't water it. Don't dilute it. Don't change it because it's God's word and it's not ours to change. So the first thing he does is, you know, he talks about how blessed he is because Paul is blessed because he knows Timothy and how he's blessed to see how Timothy is doing well and he longs to see him. This is, if we were to put the letters in chronological order, this would be the last letter Paul writes from prison. He knows that his time is is near, and we're going to get that in this letter. Uh, we do have a couple after this that are smaller, Titus Philemon. And yet we're going to see in this letter how uh, Paul's incarceration is starting to wear on him, okay? So... One of the highlights of this chapter that I have highlighted is, you know, he tells him, let your faith continue to make you strong because you got to keep fanning the flames of the spiritual gifts God gives you. But he's reminding Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And I think that's huge for us because we have to always remember who we are in Jesus. And he follows that up with never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And I think a lot of times, you know, like I think we get fearful and timid. I think we get afraid to share. And what was interesting is, you know, I coach basketball and my team knows that I'm a pastor and we didn't play our best last night. We should have won our game, but didn't. But what's interesting is my girls that were sitting on the bench 
could tell that I was not pleased with the way we were representing. So some of the girls who just really <laughs> surprised me start singing, Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. And that really enlightened me because that tells me that through all the stuff that we see and the persecution we go through, in anything we're in, that the light of Jesus still comes out in me. And, you know, in whatever way. And my whole message that I've been praying over in this whole uh, thing that I'm doing here, this is a public school I'm in. It's not a Christian school, but there's kids there and people there that know me. Uh, one of the girls that's on my team, I, I officiated the wedding of their her parents. And so my thing here is I want to speak Jesus. And when we do that, we speak Jesus in our actions, reactions, interactions. You've heard me say that before. And so Paul is saying, never be ashamed to tell people about your Lord. And we can tell people about our Lord in so many ways besides preaching the gospel message. We have to be able to represent Jesus the way Jesus wants to represent, be represented. And that he will get to here because he says, God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from beginning, from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And that big word there is grace. And I think a lot of times, you know, it is, it's showing grace to people and mercy, you know. And I just think a lot of times we have to show people that. And I know in a very competitive situation, there's not a lot of grace and mercy showed a lot of times. And I know the backstory to this team, and that's maybe some of the stuff that comes out. And that's why I've just said, man, I want to speak Jesus so that these people know that I'm there to show them success in a new realm because success isn't always in the final score. And so I just was really taken by that. I was really wowed by that, and I was thankful for that. So he says, never be ashamed. And I think that's cool. So first, the first chapter of Second Timothy is, you know, Come on, let's not be ashamed of who we are in Christ. And that's huge. So he talks about when we're not ashamed, there could be persecution. You know, and, and I get some ribbon from some people, but it's okay. And even though it's like in fun, you know, a lot of times when people give you some persecution even in fun it's a way of the holy spirit's conviction over them and so paul says 
be willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Because God chooses us all to be in relationship with him. It's whether we choose him or not. (laughs) So if we can be in an environment and endure this and keep speaking Jesus to people in the way we live, I don't mean literally, but in the way we live, we could help people see the salvation that Jesus has for them through our own way of life. And so Paul said, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we also are alive with him. So when we die out to our old self, we are born again in Jesus to live like him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him because Jesus overcame it all. When we deny him, we he denies us, and that's huge. You know, I talked about rest Sunday, and I encourage you to check that out on our our uh, our stream feed. It's on YouTube, it's on Facebook Live, at Homestead Church or Compassion Church, and and that's the reality. We can never enter His rest if we deny Him. And when we are unfaithful to God, he's still faithful to us, which is the biggest thing ever. Because so many times we push God out of our life, but he's always standing there waiting for us. And here's the interesting thing. You know, we see that picture of Jesus standing at the door. If you ever pay close attention to that and look down at the door, there's no doorknob on Jesus' side. It's only on your side. We're the ones that have to open the door for him because he's waiting for us to accept him. So he's reminding us that we got to be willing and we've got to live and speak Jesus the way he wants us to be represented so that we can make a difference for those still seeking. So he says, work hard to, to present yourself to God and receive his reproval. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, and man does it. If you get caught up in it, it just gets more and more and more and more. Somewhere you got to feel the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, nope, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And and that's you know where you got to listen and hear, is my, are my words edifying? Are these building someone up? Remember Ephesians 4.29? Let no unwholesome talk come from your mouth. Only that which is building others up. Woo, that's good stuff. Because if I get caught up in unedifying words, it's just going to get worse and worse and spread like cancer. And then we're going to be in these unedifying, quarrelsome divisive talks and we don't want to do that god's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription the lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the lord must turn away from evil so we got to stay out of that conversation there's a great book 
Dr. Rob McCorkle wrote that's called Life and Death, The Power of Words. And if you, it's available at Amazon. If you don't have it, you should get it. It will change the way you speak, period, because <laughs> it's so good. And it's written like a devotional, so you can read it over a course of weeks, or you can read it, you know, over a course of uh, a few days if you so desire. But it's so good, you'll want to meditate in it the way he's written it. And i that's where this whole thing about edifying words comes in. So Paul, little plug for the book, Paul says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living. Remember, Timothy's a young pastor, right? Pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. We got to get into the into the mode of people that live like us. Doesn't mean we push away all those that don't. But when we're in small groups, we need to be in small groups of the like mindsets. Because remember, oh, we haven't got there yet. He's going to tell us we got to get in groups that will help encourage us. I was about to say something from Hebrews, but we'll get to that. Because in chapter 3, Paul tells us that in the last days it will be really difficult. And if we look at this... We can relate because the times are there. People will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. Man, I've seen people do things to their parents that just blow me away. Yell at their parents, hit their parents. We, you know, I was on a call one time where someone actually killed their parents, and it was one of the bloodiest scenes I've ever seen. So yeah, this the time is here. Cons- they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. You gotta be if that's what you're doing. They will slander others and have no self control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. And here's the big thing. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. How many times have we seen that? Go to church every week. We we actually give something in the offering plate or you know on the the electronic giving platform we might even serve you know we might be a greeter we might be a person that helps park cars we might be a, a usher we might even be a Sunday school teacher whoa think about that but then when we walk out of the building Monday through Friday We're doing all the other worldly things. You know, I know people like that, that do stuff like that, that are actually on church boards like that, that are elders, so-called elders. That's what some places call their board people. And then they, they live a life totally opposite of what they're supposed to be representing. And he says, these teachers oppose the truth just as 
Yanez and Yambres opposed Moses. See, these people, they have deprived minds and counterfeit faith. They're not real to what we're supposed to be. Yanez and Yambres from Moses' day, when Moses was using his staff and was telling uh, Pharaoh what the Lord was going to do to get his people out of Egypt, and Pharaoh kept rejecting it, those two guys would use magic to counter what Moses was doing to show that, well, look, I can do what you do. You remember those stories? And, and so he would say, uh, Paul is likening these people that play religion to those people. And I don't know about you, but that's not where I want to be. He's being, this to me is one step higher than being called a hypocrite because this is false religion linked to evil. And I don't want to be that. And Paul says evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. How is that? Because they think they're getting away with it. And remember, Jesus says, what is hidden will be exposed one day. What is in the dark will be exposed in the light because God knows our hearts. And so Paul tells them that this stuff that they do is and that they say is not of the scriptures and the scripture. And here's what we always got to remember. Here's what we always got to keep in mind. Here's what we always got to keep at heart. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. First Timothy 3.16, highlight it, write it down, put it in your heart, make sure you know this scripture. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. All scripture is inspired by God. It has no man-made interjection or no man-made temperament, no man-made ideas, no man-made suggestions or opinions to it. All scripture is inspired by God. That's what makes the Holy Bible holy. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And that's why the Bible is the most popular book in the history of the world today. So he closes out saying, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. So how's that apply to us? Because we're not preachers, right? Be prepared to share your story on how God changed your life with anyone, anywhere. Remember, that's how Paul started. He talked about how Jesus changed his life on that road to Damascus. That was his story. He was telling his story before he ever started writing these epistles, right? He was telling his story. And then the Lord, when he was in prison, the Lord started saying, hey, you need to write this down. Hey, you need to write this down. Hey, you need to help these people. Hey, you need to help these pastors. Hey, you need to help the churches. And the Lord inspired these words that we now have in the New Testament for him to write down. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen. This, this is good because this is happening. 
For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. This is his warning to Timothy. They'll follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. I know this is fact because I know some people that left my church because of our stance on certain things and went to another church because it had the freedom in those very things. And the guy had a great testimony. The guy was a, a, a good tither. And the guy was, and I, you know, that's neither here nor there, but the guy was solid in his faith. But because he didn't like certain things that we took from the Bible and stood on as truth, he went somewhere else where they didn't stand on it as much as we did as truth. And that's what he's talking about. They will take things that they don't want to hear and go somewhere where they will make it so they want to hear. And that's what he was talking about in the previous chapter. They will take things and twist them around so that they work for them. So he's encouraging them, and he's like, so here's where we get the idea that Paul is getting to the end of his line, right? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And so he's telling Timothy, man, keep pouring out as much as you have for God so that you can say the same thing. So that you can say I've fought the good fight because I'm there. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I remain faithful. And the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. But this prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That's our prize, folks, if we just stay true to the Word of God, share it with people, share your story, and be fruitful. Love others as He has loved us, and see how Jesus can change lives. Be ready in and out of season, and know that you have the same power in you that raised Jesus from the grave because the Holy Spirit lives in you and you can make a difference. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes